you are in a position within your government that you have done so much for your country, doesn't have to be the United States, but you have done so much for your country, whether it is being on the battlefield, whether it is helping with real-time intelligence problem solving, whether it's working for, again, the more, I guess you could say, um, nuts and bolts side of things, you are so highly respected within your government that there's not even a title to place on you anymore, okay? To the point where every time you get called in by the government, it's it, you're just called in as a quote-unquote consultant because every time you get called in, you know it is for what is called an unacknowledged special access program. So you get called in on one of these days and you're asked, you know, would you like to uh, be co part of an experiment? And you say, you know, of course, no problem because ultimately you're getting paid a lot of money. You've been in the know for God knows how many years. And at this point in time, you truly love the science end of it. And at this point, you don't really know much else of what you can do in life because you've almost done it all relative to what, you know, a quote-unquote successful life is so you say okay yeah no problem i'll uh, i'll meet at you know i'll meet you at this location you know we'll do the normal process you'll uh, blindfold me i won't know which base i'm going to but i've been through this many times so this is all part of the process it's part of the compartmentalized chain of command if you will you then end up in a deep underground military base this is nothing new to you and you see a handful of other scientists in which you worked with before and you ask your colleagues what's going on here? And they say to you, well, we're all going to get in a straight line and there's going to be a handful of different lines and they're going to shoot an energy beam right through us. And it's not going to affect us physically, but what it is going to do is densify the intense plasma fields around our bodies in which are holding us together in this simulation. Now, keep in mind, because you're so in the know, you have a very strong understanding for the sake of this example that you we do live in a video game simulation, whatever you want to call it. What ends up happening is you notice that as you start getting into these lines in which you're designated to go into, some of your colleagues start feeling a little bit strange and they tell you, hold on a second, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little twitchy, I don't know if I could be part of this experiment. The soldiers that are in, in charge in this base of putting you in line, they don't care. And this is very strange because usually the soldiers listen to you and your colleagues. It's not the other way around. But this time around, the soldiers are rushing and ushering you all to get in the line, shoot this beam of energy through what seems to be the middle of your torso. You don't feel anything physically, but you start to tweak and all that after the experiment or the, uh, I guess you could say the, the operation is over. As you leave the base, as you are blindfolded again and return home. And for the rest of the month, of that particular month, you experience extremely what we would call poltergeist-like activity okay now again this is just an example this is not a real uh, situation or story that occurred i'm using this to give an example of what we'll be delving into first and foremost though i would like to thank all of you who have shown support over the past four or five days my immune system has been hit i first allegedly got omicron and then for a week or two i was okay and then i got a um an upper respiratory infection and a sinus infection that is just dragging on so if i do take a a break to sip some tea or some water or if i cough uh please forgive me folks but i'm just so excited there's so much that i've been assembling uh, throughout my my cold and having this throat infection that i just feel you know the least i could do is get out and, and record at least an episode or two before getting back into things fully this coming weekend so with that being said we do have a patreon it does help support the show patreon.com slash generation z uh, again we have at this point i think it's safe to say thousands uh, sorry hundreds of hours of extra content on there in addition to members only group one-on-one -on -one zoom calls dark web footage and a slew of other things as well too now 
Today's episode is called The Crate, using multiphasic orthogonal plasma nodes for point nemo vortexes, in brackets, panspermia goo. Now, let's just break down very fundamentally what crate stands for, then I'm going to minimize my uh, my face and we'll jump into the, uh, the, f the formal definitions, then the fun part of this. Crate stands for Controlled Resistive Animated Tensors via the ether okay controlled resistive animated tensors via the ether all right and we're going to bring this full circle to the example that i just gave at the beginning of this uh this presentation so let me bring my face into the corner here and let's take a look first and foremost before we get into the really fun stuff what is panspermia panspermia according to wikipedia from ancient Greek is the hypothesis that life exists throughout the universe distributed by space dust, meteoroids, asteroids, comets, and planetoids, as well as by spacecraft carrying unintended contamination by microorganisms. Panspermia is a fringe theory with little support amongst mainstream scientists. Critics argue that it does not answer the question of the origin of life, but merely places it on another celestial body. It is also criticized because it cannot be tested experimentally." End quote. Okay, again, folks, this is the surface-level definition. We see here, Wikipedia states that panspermia is a fringe theory with little support amongst mainstream scientists. Yeah, it's a fringe theory the same way that these, these uh, th this trucker convoy is a fringe co is a is a fringe convoy okay so let's just i'm being sarcastic there but you see what i mean now <clears throat> let's take a look at defining conf something called conformal field theory all right this is when it gets complicated but please bear with me you're going to see very shortly how this comes full circle in a sort of I guess, creepy type of way. Um, a conformal field theory is a quantum field theory that is invariant under conformal transformations. All right. Into, uh, it has important applications to condensed matter physics, statistical mechanics, quantum statistical mechanics, and string theory. Okay, end quote. Now, I'm not going to claim that I know to a T what conformal field theory is, all right? I'm not going to pretend like I know the meanings of these definitions here on the screen, but people like you and I, folks, if we don't have these conversations, then who will? We can't wait on the quote-unquote fringe scientist, as Wikipedia said there, to explain it to us, although we could argue they've been coming out more strongly lately, but point being, conformal field theory is a th quantum theory that is invariant under conformal transformations, okay? And in mathematics, co a conformal map or transformation is a function that locally preserves angles but not necessarily lengths, all right? And I'm not trying to get all fancy-schmancy word salad here, but please bear with me. Right before we get to the really good stuff, there's one more, I guess you could say, complicated definition we have to get into orthogonal time frequency because again we're going to break down orthogonal plasma nodes orthogonal time frequency is a 2d modulation technique that transforms the information carried in the delay doppler coordinate system all right the information is transformed in the similar time frequency domain as utilized by the traditional schemes of modulation all right. It was first used for fixed wireless and is now a contending waveform, frequency waveform, for 6G technology. Keep in mind, they're just rolling out 5G now, so we'll be delving into this into the members episode tomorrow, but take this as you will. Due to its robustness in high-speed vehicular scenarios. Now, before we get into, you know, understanding this and all that, take a look at this, by the way. Orthogonal time frequency is a 2D modulation technique that transfers the information... Again, Jacques Vallée's information structure, think about even fiber optic cables, it uses light to transfer information that is then computed and reassembled or remanifested into what we know to be, in some cases, computer software. 
for example, the way that we can have, you know, we can have telephone calls or Zoom calls across uh, or Skype calls across different countries. It's because, you know, again, information is being broken down, transferred and then remanifested extremely quickly. Right now, take a look at this, by the way. <clears throat> The Delay Doppler Coordinate System. They're coordinates typically used in a radar technology-inspired approach to measurement. All right. When used in wireless communication, the Delay Doppler domain mirrors the geometry of the reflectors comprising the wireless channel. All right. End quote. There's a lot of things to break down here, folks, that we may not notice on the surface. But take a look at this. They are coordinates typically used in... Uh, a radar technology inspired approach to measurement radar technology number one okay pertaining to just you know typical radar ufos all of that not only that but we see here they're used in again a, a, a technologically inspired approach to measurement what did we just look at conformal field theory under conformal transformations you see this right here the different forms of measurements you see, you see that you see what I'm trying to say here, folks. Again, we don't need to understand the intrinsic details. We just need to understand the concepts of it. Because the other final angle of this is that this would also explain how easily it would be for different species, whether their intentions are good or not, is not for me to say. However, but for different species to infiltrate the internet and use the internet as a form of sort of um, testing us, or as a form of again taking a look at our society, saying, okay, if we provide them with a network that can connect them, will their society ultimately? Uh, implode? Will it collapse like alleged previous human civilizations before we were reset? Is this just another variation of that? Another test of that, so to speak, right? Now, let's jump into the very, again, strong fundamental angles of all of this. So, IndiaTimes.com, like a sci-fi movie, locals left baffled as huge alien tractor beam appears over mountains in Turkey. I would like to thank a great friend of the show, Steve, uh, from Michigan. Steve, brother, thank you for this, because uh, if I was, uh, if it wasn't for you, I'd be sick in bed uh, and not knowing about this. So thank you so much. Take a look at this. In Turkey, an eerie alien tractor beam appeared over mountains for three hours, leaving locals baffled. Now, before I go on, let me just say, Turkey is also the same country in which the 2009 uh, insectoid Turkey incident occurred. And for those that are not familiar with that, not to get off track, but if we do a quick little uh, 2009 Turkey UFO incident, what we'll see here, just to pull up a quick image for you folks, is this right over here. Again, you can make out what seems to be an insectoid with a gray, potentially a human there. Again, multiple different uh, shots, frames of this, uh, of this footage. But anyways, just to give you folks some context, all of this occurred in Turkey. Turkey seems to be quite interesting pertaining to the bases relative to the different uh, agendas and intentions of these species. Anyways, this also seems to be the same type of beam described by former uh, Staff Sergeant Clifford Stone who, when he spoke with Project Camelot in 2007, I believe, said that, you know, when he freed a species, a certain alien uh, from being trapped in a human military base, a similar beam in which the alien uh, needed to shoot up into its craft, its mothership in, uh, in Earth's orbit, looked just like this. So what we'll see here again is that the rare phenomenon was captured from the facilities of the Zagana Gumuskayak Ski Center at an altitude of 2,100 meters from sea level. Okay. A spokesperson for the area's ski center said they have seen a wide range of stunning vistas across the site before, but never like this. Okay, look at this. It was filmed from the scene with our mobile phones. It was like something from a sci-fi movie. Some people also compared it to a vertical rainbow. All right. <clears throat> 
Now, you might be saying, Dave, why is this being brought up? Well, if we go back to the concept of orthogonal plasma nodes, okay, what we'll see here is that an energetic node seems to be just a pillar or a foundation of a certain energy point or structure, okay? That is what a node is. It's nothing super complex or anything like this. But take a look at this right over here, technostics.blogspot.com. I'd like to thank a great friend of the community, Lewis, for pointing me. If it wasn't for you uh, encouraging me to research this, brother, I wouldn't have come across it. So take a look at this. The never-before uh, image seen below shows a microscopic metal globe spewing out biological material feared to be an infectious agent. Though the origin or purpose of the mysterious fear is uncertain, experts say it could contain genetic material, the precursor to life. They sensationally claim it could have been designed by an alien species to seed and propagate alien life on Earth. You might be saying, okay, Dave, this is an image of something, you know, microscopic. Of course, it seems kind of creepy, but you're not giving us context for what it is. Well, here we go, folks. Take a look at this. A tiny, actually, let me zoom in for those that want to read along here. A tiny plasmid. A circular strand of DNA used in genetic engineering, all right, listen to this, was sent into space from Sweden in 2011 on the exterior of a Texas 49 rocket. After enduring a thousand degrees Celsius heat, it was found to still be intact and with its biological properties when it returned to Earth. Professor Chandra Wickramasinghe, director of the Buckingham Center for Astrobiology at the University of Buckingham in England, said it is further proof of alien life. This is in 2011, folks. However, the latest finding... All right, by Professor Milton Wainwright and his team from the University of Sheffield and the University of Buckingham uh, Center for Astrobiology could reveal a much more sinister purpose. This is when we bring in sort of the Black Goo Archon concept here. Take a look at this. Conjuring images as warned by H.G. Wells in his 1898 novel War of the Worlds. It could have been deliberately engineered and sent to Earth to infect the planet. Now, before we go on, we can talk about things like fictional intelligence. We uh, Sorry if I sound all over the place, folks. I just get so excited. There's so much to implement here. Things like, for example, H.G. Wells' <clears throat> novel War of the Worlds. A lot of people have argued, and I, I can name a few, have argued, again, even within our, our own respective Patreon community, that... This is what is considered fictional intelligence, driving a narrative to help push mass consciousness relative to the popularity of H.G. Wells' book, War of the Worlds, selling so avidly in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It's interesting, isn't it, that these books seem to influence that of a, a, a result that comes many, many years later in reality. So take a look at this. Professor Wainwright said the structure is made from the metals titanium and vanadium with a gooey biological liquid oozing from its center. Gooey, I didn't use that word. This scientist did. He said there are several theories as to where it came from. The first being it is a complete microorganism programmed to propagate alien life on Earth. And I quote, he said, It is a ball about the width of a human hair, which has filamentous life on the outside, and a gooey biological material oozing from its center. End quote. Now, I'm not trying to fearmonger. I'm not trying to say this is part of the Archon's overall plan. However... Again, uh, we can call Archons different names. I'm not trying to confine it or limit it to that particular word because who am I to say what is right, what is wrong, right? Point being, however, is that if we head to bibliothecaplates.net, all right, and I think a vast majority of you uh, understand at this point what the Archons are. <clears throat> This is not me putting this together, folks. I find it quite, uh, I guess you could say, coincidentally ironic. I say that sarcastically, that people like Jacques Vallée, as we see highlighted here and others, are mentioned relative to the Archons. But take a look at this. 
Gnosticism is the label scholars used for a body of teachings derived from the mystery schools of pre-Christian Christian antiquity. Gnostics, who protested against Christian doctrines such as divine retribution and Christ's resurrection, found themselves targeted as heretics and were brutally suppressed by early converts to the one true faith. I can't help but think, I was having this conversation with a great friend of the show, Lewis, earlier, I can't help but think that Gnostics or groups of Gnostics, again, there may be some disinformation excuse me, placed in there just because of how many years Gnostics have been trying to warn against these sort of uh, hierarchical religions, if you will. I'm not saying Gnostics were the, the ones that were ultimately correct, but it seems like their message throughout thousands of years has been the same with respects to warning about some type of archonic influence, if you will. Now, again, I'm not saying that they, the, the Gnostic message hasn't been influenced by some external negative entity, but I can't help but see the consistency there over thousands of years. But look at this. Uh, this is the un... Uh, excuse me, one second. <clears throat> Using psychoactive plants, yoga, and sex magic, these ancient seers experienced altered states and developed CDs with occult skills such as clairaudience or clairvoyance and remote viewing. Again, I can't help but think that what the Gnostics were doing then is what our society is trying to break into now that our world leaders are trying to hammer us on. And I wonder who's controlling our world leaders that are attempting to hammer us and keep us down. But look at this. The Nag... Hamadi material contains reports, by the way, Nag, Naga, anyways, we'll put that to the side for a second, the serpents and all of that, contains reports of visionary experiences of the initiates, including first-hand encounters with inorganic beings called archons. Gnostic teaching explains that these entities arose in the early stage of formation of the solar system before the earth was formed. Archons inhabit the solar system, the extraterrestrial realm as such, but they can intrude on earth. Interestingly, this Gnostic insight accords closely with the view of Jacques Vallée, who maintains that E.T. or cyborgs probably belong to the local planetary realm. However, Vallée also proposes that the E.T. UFO enigma is a, quote, spiritual control system, end quote. A phenomenon that, quote, behaves like a conditioning process, end quote. This is exactly what the Gnostics said about the Archons. They can affect our minds by subliminal conditioning techniques. Again, a previous members-only episode put out this past Sunday. For those on Patreon will notice we delved into that, the dark psychology, the triad of it all, the, the different forms of coercion. Now, what we'll see here is that two types of archons are clearly identified based on the physical descriptions of archons in the Gnostic uh, codices or texts. A neonit or embryonic type, or a draconic or reptilian type, okay? What's interesting about all of this is that what is amazing about the Gnostic theory of the Archons is not only the cosmological background explaining the origin of these entities and the reason for their enmeshment with humanity, but the specificity of information and the alien MO, the modus operandi, describing how they operate and what they want from us. For one thing, Gnostics taught us that these entities envy us and feed on our fear. All right? While I would not claim that Gnostic teachings on the Archons or what remains of the teachings have all the answers to the ET UFO enigma, one thing is clear. They present a coherent and comprehensive analysis of alien intrusion as well as specific practices for resisting it, end quote. Now, <clears throat> before I go on, one thing I cannot help but notice is, again, the consistency of this feeding from fear, whether we talk about the Archons, the Dracos, the Reptilians, the Greys, from various sources, the feeding of fear, which takes me back to my example at the beginning of this episode pertaining to the laser beam being shot through your chest. This electric beam is similar to this right over here. 
the beam from Turkey, except it has a different purpose. It is a plasma intelligence that was shooting through your chest in the example I gave at the beginning to suppress your ascension levels, because as our great friend Micah uh, from uh, Decoding the Bible series that we do, Micah Dank says, we're in the age of Aquarius. This is just another part of that cycle. The Archon's, uh, I guess you could say, difficulty now is to keep us down while many of us are trying to ascend. And when I say ascend, you might say, Dave, what do you mean by ascend? Because a lot of people use that term so vaguely. Honestly, folks, real life example, the trucker convoy, people coming together. It is not for me to say the if the intent of that convoy is for better or for worse. Point being is people coming together, whether they do it for uh, do that that sorry whether people come together for better or worse f is is not exactly the main uh, focus here because intention is all relative to one's sovereignty and self which is why the archons do not want us to know about this because going back to the nag hamadi thanks to a great friend of the show michael we'll see here the naga and also ani as well was something that even the our ancient ancestors understood look at here it seems that, again, interestingly enough, I, that the Naga also represents that of the serpents, right? Encompassing the chakras, trapping the chakras, decalcifying what seems to be the pineal gland, and ultimately representing that of the DNA double helix symbol as well. So this is what I mean by data points and consistency, folks. Again, we look at fractals inhabited throughout nature relative to this Naga serpentine wrapping around all of this. Again, I'm not saying that this is fact, but we have to look at some of the different originations, some of the different data points across various points in time, right? Now, <clears throat> excuse me, this is interesting. HNGN.com, space graveyard known as Point Nemo, is where spacecraft are sent when not needed anymore. This is when it gets really interesting because the space graveyard found in Point Nemo, where the ISS will plummet in 2030, right? Many spacecraft have fallen from orbit since 1970 can be found here. The area expands to 2,000 miles from Antarctica. All right. Point Nemo and Point Adams, ironically and interestingly enough, allegedly, geographically, inhabit the same detailed, um, I guess you could say, uh, horizon boundaries that others from other nations cannot see and vi uh, view when craft are coming and going from these points. It also just so happens to be the same place where the ISS is going to collapse. Interesting, at the timing of this all, with respects to NASA saying ISS is going out of business in a time when it seems like the space race on the surface level is just ramping up. Point Nemo and Point Adams, again, interestingly enough, notice how they're close to Antarctica too, those points, are the most unexplored parts of our waters on this planet. You think it's a fluke they dropped that stuff there? This is just my humble perspective. Again, and we know this because when we look at the grand scheme of things, take a look at this. News.yahoo.com reported paraphrase from the Hill. Christopher Mellon, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, uh, Secretary uh, of Intelligence for, I believe, uh, the, um, uh, please forgive me, for the, not for the White House, for the United States. UFO expert Chris Mellon, based on what we know about UAPs, aliens are the best explanation, right? And again, it's all leading to this using the process of elimination. Folks, what they're doing on the public level relative to there being, you know, conflicting factions trying to get this out to the public, and we see that via different articles and all that is exactly what we're doing here on the show, except I would dare to say we're just at a much more advanced level in terms of using process of elimination to look at the consistencies. Because imagine if someone like Chris Mellon went on, you know, CNN or something or on uh, on even Joe Rogan and said, listen, these archons are feeding off of our energy. It's it, it's just not going to, you know, it's going to create other reasons for the negative factions to attack the, the more positively oriented ones. Not saying Mr. Mellon is part of a positively oriented faction, but again, now... <clears throat> Take a look at this. 
GnosticWarrior.com. To many people who read these creation stories, they appear to be fiction told in the form of a myth. Impossible claims of our human origins that can never be true. But with the advent of modern science and some of the discoveries made in the last five decades, we are learning that these stories told for thousands of years are most likely true. Even today, hardcore uh, atheists and scientists like Richard Dawkins have suggested human beings were born when mud led to the creation of the famous DNA double helix in life itself. Again, it, let's just say... Okay, let's just say that mud led to the creation of the famous DNA double helix in life itself. Could it have come through this right here? What we were just looking at? This microorganism programmed to propagate alien life on Earth with this gooey biological liquid oozing from it in the middle? I'm, I'm seriously, folks, good faith question. We have to consider these things, right? Uh, th this is how I personally view it in that regard. Now, look at this. TheDrive.com, okay? Particulate warheads full of dust could help defeat hypersonic weapons. Interesting, full of dust. Subscribing to that of the panspermia theory. I'm not trying to just, you know, pl pluck random uh, keywords, if you will, and make connections. The point I'm trying to make is, notice hypersonic missiles relative to that of Earth's orbit. Nuclear warheads, nuclear fusion, nuclear fission. The UFO narrative. NASA dropping the ISS International Space Station into Point Nemo. Right, we have here, for example, howandwise.com. Harvard's Galileo project might prove UFOs are alien spacecraft in two years. All of these articles have come out in the last, I, I think, 48 to 72 hours of me reporting this, folks, pertaining to, uh, again, alien life is on, just on the horizon. This is part of a very strong and broader global agenda in order to disseminate the alien revelation to us. The question is, is this just part of another archonic cycle, if you will? Is it possible that the ancient humans of Atlantis interacted with other non-human beings, intelligent beings, but even that was part of a controlled system in which the archons were inhabiting? Okay, so again, at the end of the day, we have to consider all of this, and that's why I wanted to present these articles in this particular way, because it sort of shows the I guess you could say back and forth angle of all of this. Now, getting back to the crate, the controlled resistive animated tensors via the ether. All right. This is when it's going to get really interesting. So I decided because so many people ask all the time, you know, hey, Dave, what's it like on the I, I'm thinking of joining to be a member. What's it like the telegram and all that? Well, let me preview some for you folks here uh, very quickly. So take a look at this right over here, the controlled resistive animated tensors via the ether. Let's look at this FBI document, all right? And we see here, this is uh, on the FBI's archived uh, vault website. Part of the disks carried crews, others are under remote control. Their mission is peaceful, the visitors contemplate settling on this plane. These visitors are human-like, but much larger in size. They're not excarnate Earth people, but come from their own world. They do not come from any planet, as we use the word, but from an etheric planet which interpret, um, interpenetrates with our own and is not perceptible to us. The bodies of the visitors and the craft also automatically materialize on entering the vibratory rate of our dense matter. Again, going back to the example I gave at the beginning of this episode of you being in that base, having that energy beam shot through your chest, trying to keep you down, densified, right? And you'll see very shortly what I mean by that. The disks p p possess a type of radiant energy or array which will easily disintegrate any attacking ship, similar to the ray we just looked at from the Tur from Turkey. There, they again multiple different uh, uh, purposes, right? As Dan Winter so eloquently says, in my humble opinion, plasma intelligence. What that plasma intelligence is used for, <laughs> this is a bit of a different situation, right? And again, that's up to perception. Just like when I said with the trucker convoy about five ten minutes ago, them coming together is a great thing, but after that, their intent of uh, of, of coming together for that purpose is up to them. 
going back to the understanding sovereignty and understanding oneself. Anyways, they re-enter the etheric at will and so simply disappear from our vision without trace. The region from which they come is not the astral plane, but Koros, pawns to the loca sortalas. Students of esoteric matters will understand these terms. They probably cannot be reached by radio, but probably can be by radar if a signal system can be devised for that apparatus. Folks, this is a public FBI doc declassified document on the FBI's uh, website, right? Which is why I say that in when people say, you know, Dave, do you think that... Um, the phenomena are beings that are biological from other planets. Are they from other dimensions? I say all the above because of situations like this. Now, to corroborate this, let's scroll down to the very bottom here of a piece of footage I just put up for the members. And let's watch this footage. Look closely, folks. This is what I mean by the plasma fields. And this is also what I'm going to be covering in an upcoming live stream in the next two to three days pertaining to the Archons keeping us in the mind, uh, the, the Saturn moon mind control type suppression. Look at this. Okay. So you see, there seems to be some type of plasma fields of sorts or some type of energy that is sort of holding and condensing the, the craft together. You see that, folks? Right over there, right on the edge. This is what that beam I gave at the example, uh, beginning of this episode for the example seems to be doing. This is also, for those that are on the Patreon, you'll see we talked about this different rooms being uh, vi video games, if you will, because the information structure is limited to certain rooms because a plasma field is holding it together artificially, not naturally, which is what we could argue to be the blue beam. When they say Project Blue Beam is all around us, again... It could be that type of field, which means that when a positively oriented or benevolent species or even indifferent species just wants to come to our, our airspace and observe us from their planet or their dimension, reality, realm, you name it, like the FBI document we just looked at, this may be why they, they, their craft look like this, because they have to enter into an artificially suppressed esoteric uh, environment. And so they need the plasma fields to be ramped up and the orthogonal plasma nodes need to be ramped up to keep it condensed in a, in a certain state that appears physical to us, if that makes sense. So, hopefully that makes sense. We're going to play this video just one last time so you folks can see the, uh, the plasma field surrounding it right there. Yeah. All right. With that being said, folks, I would like to thank you so very much. Let me bring this. Um, let me bring my face full screen here. Again, I'm sorry if this was a little more slow paced than normal because, again, my throat is still raspy. It still does hurt. And I do have a couple more episodes I need to get through for today. Please forgive me. But with that being said, thank you so very much for watching and we'll catch you all very, very soon. Cheers.